This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM1071. And Sean uh, Trey is off today. He'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be off on Tuesday, obviously. And so we're just hanging out on the last broadcast day for us of 2022 and uh, talking about the year that's just passed and talking about whatever news we have out there uh, uh, that's floating around today. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, and again, uh, we're leaving it open, so whatever is on your mind, uh, feel free to call us up, even if it's something that I'm that I may or may not be talking about. Um, the president has signed, uh, the two big stories, the president has signed the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill into existence at an innocuous desk in St. Croix. Uh, so our great grandkids will be paying that crap off forever and ever and ever. Um, Southwest is, uh, still trying to clean up its mess. And Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, who's gay, did you know that? He's a chest feeder. He, uh, (laughs) he was all over TV yesterday, uh, preaching Southwest, you better fix this, you better clean this up, you guys really screwed up here. How could nobody see this coming? You know, I mean, as James pointed out yesterday, you've had pilots. There's a shortage of pilots in that industry who have been taken off and and not, you know, in the usual way, (laughs) getting out of the industry. Southwest, its business model, the reason it's able to fly people for such cheap rates is they have different routes that they use than other airlines. Uh, So I, I... my, my big takeaway, first off, now, it didn't really impact me because I didn't fly anywhere. So, you know, I I, uh, I don't really fly much anywhere anymore, you know. And thankfully, you know, my kid, uh, uh, when she came out on Thanksgiving, that was before the, a lot of these problems were going on. She had no issues uh, getting on a plane then. But what I've taken from this entire experience with Southwest, and maybe this is old news, is that our transportation secretary very obviously doesn't know anything about about transportation. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say this, and maybe it'll upset you. I don't care if it upsets you. Call us up, 210-599-5555. He's the secretary of transportation. Because he's gay. He checks a box. He has d- put has displayed no understanding or expertise or experience in transportation at all. 
<laughs> if he has, I've missed it. Well, let's see. Under his terms or his uh, rule, we've had a potential railroad strike. That's right. That yes, the we government did. had Forgot to get involved. Right. We've had a jet fuel shortage. Yep. Which affects transportation. Yes. We've had diesel shortage. Which, which affects everything and okay. transportation. This is all under Buttigieg's watch. All on his watch. He apparently doesn't know much about transportation, but he's gay. And uh, if you've noticed with this administration, you, you have a fair amount of people, <laughs> in my opinion, who are in their positions, not because they have any expertise in that position, but because of the boxes they check off. These people are obsessed with the politics of identity, Jean-Pierre Clouseau, whatever the hell her name is, she is a horrible press secretary. I mean, Gwen St- or, or, uh, uh, Jen Psaki, okay, that was her pretty much gig. That's She was with the State Department as their press secretary before. She became uh, Biden's press secretary. Um, uh, largely, she was full of crap, but you know what? She could do the job. Okay, arguably, she was good at her job, which was speaking for the administration and the president. It just so happens the president's full of crap, and so was Jen Psaki. But she could do it. Pierre, Jean Pierre, she can't. She called him the, the Nobel Prizes. I mean, she, she's. This chick can't do her job. She is lousy. She is a lousy press secretary. But she's gay and she's black. (laughs) She's a black gay chick, man. She checks off two boxes. Look at this bizarro guy that was uh, part of our... uh, uh, program to properly dispose... Of nuclear waste. Remember that guy from a few weeks ago? Who who was found to be stealing luggage off of the carousels at airports? I mean, the guy was a full-blown freaking weirdo. He's trans. He's bald. He wears long dresses. He's a gay trans activist. I have the faintest idea if the guy knows anything about nuclear waste whatsoever. But again, he checks off a lot of boxes. Unfortunately, one of the boxes that you could check with that guy that I guess they didn't figure on was thief. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, but it's all. It, but that's what this that that's the politics of the left these days. Beyond destroying the country, which I, I do believe is going on, I do believe that there is. Uh, uh, a, a, a an attempt, whether it's, via, well, all of it, via the border, via crashing the economy, a lot of these Soros-produced uh, uh, prosecutors and DAs who are letting people out, hard criminals, hardened criminals, dangerous people out on the streets to create crime in the streets. I mean, you stack all this stuff up, and there is a very obviously a nefarious plot to concentrate concentrate control in the government to make this a state run country a fascist a fascist state <coughs> excuse me i believe that i i genuinely believe that's what's going on 
But along with that, you you have a lot of the sanctimonious crap from the left about identity politics, who's oppressed, who's comfortable, who's not comfortable. Uh, basically, uh, a lot of, much of that stuff is designed or engineered, in my opinion, to single out one person as the bad guy, and that's a straight white Christian. Straight white male Christians are the worst people in the world right now. And a lot of this uh, politics of identity is based on that idea. I mean, when, when you get so far up your own backside with your politics and your wokeness that you feel teachers teaching, that math teachers need to be more inclusive of the trans community in teaching math, You've lost a bit of yourself in your wokeness. (laughs) Okay, a part of your intelligence has gone away. And one thing I think that is true of the Biden administration, and I've said it time and time again, it is largely populated by extremely unimpressive and mediocre people. Alejandro Mayorkas is an extraordinarily unimpressive human being. Jack Kirby is a very unimpressive human being. These are not people who are who who shine or who stand out because of their talents and their uh, charisma and their intelligence. But most of them check off some kind of freaking box. And the one thing you'll find about fascist states, and I know some are called communists, some are called socialism. Uh, in my opinion, opinion, it's all good old fashioned fascism, whatever the you know pseudo intellectual reason for it that you attach to it. it. It's all it all ends up being the same thing. China is a communist state, but it's a fascist state. And one of the things that I've found in my reading of history when it comes to fascist states is that the mediocre rise to the top. Mediocrity wins in a fascist state. People who could not ordinarily be extraordinarily successful or or make a, a name for themselves or distinguish themselves in some way in a free society, uh, are able to rise to the heights of power in a fascist state. Because basically in a fascist state, you, you try to drag everybody down to the same level of misery and mediocrity, right? And you see that all over the place in the Biden administration. If you check the right boxes, you're going to be a secretary of something. <laughs> whether, you, whether you can do the damn job or not. 210-599-5555. Here's James. James, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing, sir? Not too bad for New Year's weekend, man. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that I'm going to get Biden out of there, and uh, I think this country is going to hell in a handbasket. You think, well, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. What, what was that again? I think this country's going to hell in a handbasket. 
Yeah, I think things are pretty bad right now. I agree. Yeah, they are. That's my only comment, sir. All right, I'm man. A, I'm I, a Trump I, fan. I appreciate the call. I appreciate. I, thank you, man. I'm just having a hard time here, and I appreciate the call. Let's talk to Tony real quick. Tony, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? Hey, I just think somebody needs to say it. These people are like booty judge. These people are sick and disgusting, and somebody needs to just say that. That there is no time for that in 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 anything, uh, and these people are ignorant. They're disgusting, and they just—oh man, I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, are you talking about him being gay, or are you talking about him being inept? Oh, oh both. <laughs> gay, gay, gay is something very sick. I mean, that, well, I—I'm is... just kind of sick of hearing about it, to be honest with you. That's—it's just everything is gay and trans right now, and I—and I appreciate the call, man, and that's. That's the part of it that I think is uh, is really, I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm in this category, who ordinarily would be supportive of certain communities because I'm I'm I've got a lot of libertarian to me. I mostly vote Republican. Uh, classically, I voted Republican, uh, but as far as how I view the world and my my politics, I'm I'm really more libertarian than anything else. And that I want the government out of my life. And as a libertarian, I have supported the gay community for a long time and things like marriage and stuff like that. And you know what? I'm gayed out. <laughs> I'm trannied out and I'm gayed out. Because when you get to the point to where you're so, again, you're so far up your own politics that you have somehow transformed the scientific fact that we have two genders into hate speech, you've lost me. That's it. Sorry. Can't go there with you. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. New Stock 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. New Year's Eve Eve, I guess it is. And uh, we're taking your calls. Uh, 210-599-5555. Tom, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm from El Paso, and I think it's time for us to have Spanish as our national language. And the reason is because of this Latinx. <laughs> In Spanish, it's Latinx. We can have, we can have Humanex. We can have Jotex. Jotex. We can have. Do we have? I'm sure. I'm not sure have, what you're saying. <laughs> it's going to. It will put an end to this crap. Uh I. You know, and I agree. I. I. I and I appreciate the call, man. I. I. It. it if you if you really sit and think about what's going on, it, it can be very daunting and depressing. Uh, especially in a sense when you add in the ridiculous layer of yeah, the politics of identity and all this crap on top of it. Um, I know a lot of people and, you know, Trey and I talk about this a lot off air and on the air, 
about how do we turn this around? How do we how do we save this country? A lot of people are are are, are and a lot of you are list who are listening are are of this mind that this country is on a bad track. And are we able to survive the track we're on? I think we are. I have no idea what that looks like. Uh, because I I believe the the country is on a real bad path. Uh, this this the, this border thing is just it's it's surreal. And I don't even know at this point what what kind of a policy you you put in place to to either stem the tide or to turn this thing around. I I have no idea. It's so bad at this point. You have entire uh, towns that are being destroyed. And it it can be again very depressing. And you know, as somebody such as myself, and I'm I'm sort of prone to depression. It's something I've kind of battled with my whole life, one way or the other. Uh, it's tough sometimes to to not let it get you down, and that's where the faith comes in. I think I think that's really for me personally. That's what's that's what saves my ass about just throwing my hands up in the air half the time and saying, well, this country's screwed, you know, we're all screwed, it's going to, going to hell. And uh, it, it really comes down to prayer and faith, and, 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 and that's what gets me through. Uh, and I've been saying for a while that, you know, you look at the stats and the polling and sadly what you see right now is fewer people are members of churches fewer people have any faith or belief at all and i really think what this country needs is what i call a spiritual renaissance and sometimes i think what happens and what has to happen is things have to get so freaking bad, in a sense, that people turn to God. And I think that's what, I hope that's what's going to happen here. Because I know that's what works for me. Uh, Here's Guy. Guy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. God bless y'all. And yeah, people should turn to God, no matter what the situation, but... How y'all doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad for uh, uh, a holiday weekend uh, once again coming up. How about you? Yes, I'm. I'm great, man. Actually, things are going well. Um, I wanted to mention they were talking about um, the extra security uh, people at the border, right. the extra agents. Um, so, with the new omnibus bill um, they passed, and some of the stipulations as far as funding the uh, border patrol, yeah, which those funds could not be used for securing the border, precisely only for um, processing people. So, those extra agents may not be of any use at all. And they the American people. I'm sorry, you broke up on me on that second part. What was that second thing you said? But they're not going to be of use to the American people, so it's not helping us one bit. Oh I, oh, I know the, the Look, this bill he just signed in St. Croix, it's 1.7 trill, doesn't really do a damn thing for the American people. It does everything for the politicians that supported it. Yes, correct. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's so I, really I, what it is. I'm not optimistic about it at all. Um, it, it's looking bad. It, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I think it's going to take this. People uh, are asleep. Well, uh, you're breaking up on me, so I'm, I'm only hearing about half of what you're saying. But I, I, 
uh, if you're saying that a lot of people are asleep. I think you're right. Um, I've been talking about the border for a couple of weeks now in regards to who really knows about it and who really doesn't. You know, I've got friends on the East Coast and and not liberals, I mean, people who are conservatives, and they really don't have any real understanding of what's going on. Uh, It's not being reported. And so unless uh, you're you're watching Fox News 24 hours a day, you're not hearing about this stuff. You're not hearing about the havoc that's happening as a result of the, of an open border. So I think you're right and and that in and of itself can be depressing for you that there are a lot of people uh, who just don't know or don't care. Uh, they're not engaged. They're staring at their phones. They know more about Harry and Meghan than they know about what's going on with their own country. And people need to wake up. People need to wake up because, yeah, we we are, def- I'm not trying to be a bummer, but we are on a, a very bad track right now. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Give me a call. Let me know what you're thinking about stuff. Also, I'm kind of curious to know, uh, and I know this this is kind of a cheesy New Year's Eve uh, question to kind of ask, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, are you planning on doing something for New Year's? You're going out to a big celebration. You're going to stay home. Uh, this year we do have a an uptick in COVID. Flu is really bad this year. So what are your plans? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. We'll take a break. I'm Sean. It's also Funky Friday, so James is playing some funk music. And uh, it's also a holiday, so we're uh, talking about the news, but whatever's on your brain as well, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Are you, are you going out this year? Are you going to do something? Are you going to go uh, to a big party or something? Are you going to go to a restaurant? going to go to a club? you going to stay home and watch the ball drop? You got any plans, man? Uh, 210-599-55. James and Don, are you guys doing anything? Um, I think I turned down one invitation already. Right. I'm about to turn down the second one. <laughs> <laughs> and just me and Swayla the dog, we just going to chill probably. Just going to chill. Just th- nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Don Morgan, you and, uh, you and George are doing anything? or? Um. I th- no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I'm really. I'm a party with Don in Georgia. Yeah, I don't think go. we have anything going up. We'll probably go out for a nice dinner somewhere tomorrow night, and, and head home and watch the ball drop on TV. I mean, I don't think we're doing anything. I mean, obviously, we got my mom at the place. You know, so kind of living so, uh, us going out and doing stuff, right? But I don't think I, I, I don't really get the feeling that anybody really feels like doing anything different than watching it on TV and. If Usually I, in my neighborhood, people are lighting off fireworks left yeah, and there, right. You know, there's always that. Once midnight rolls, I'll, I'll often go stand out on the on the patio and watch <laughs> watch the illegal fire. Well, they're not illegal, but you're not supposed to set them off in city limits, of right? Course. And, you know, and I live in Cibolo, and of course, the entire sky is lit up by people firing things oh, man. off in their backyard. My neighborhood looks like apocalypse now. Yeah, uh, you know, when <laughs> when there's any any holiday that rolls but around are, that involves are you fireworks. Like, me, like the next day, New Year's Day, you look forward to the the drone footage <laughs> that somebody has posted. It's <laughs> yes. uh, like it circles the city, and it just 
everything is just lit up, and you see that occasional plane landing over at San Antonio International, and people <laughs> on board the plane go, hey, keep going. <laughs> right. There's something going on here, it's man. Like Baghdad 1991 down there. Keep going. I don't want any part of that. People don't yeah. care, man. They light their stuff off. The yeah. traditions of the gunfire on the south and west sides, that, that always gets to me. <laughs> yeah. Just remember, folks, those bullets got to come down at some point. Yeah. What, what goes okay. up must come down. They don't just stay up there in the air. <laughs> yeah. but, but we still do it. We still, they still do it. <laughs> Firing off their pieces, you know, into the air. <laughs> no, I can't say that uh, we have... Uh, I, I was talking to someone about this a while ago. I don't think I've really gone out for a New Year's Eve all-out blast in well over 30 years, to I'm be honest to, with you. I'm trying to think of the last time I did. Yeah, but it's been a while. I don't think my wife and I have ever really done anything on New Year's. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I don't remember, I mean, when I was younger. Yeah. And I mean, right. much younger. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I always had to work the next morning. So yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. The older you get, the more it's just not, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't want, I don't want the hassle. I hate to say that. No, I'm with you. I think the first year I lived here, we went uh, downtown for the fireworks or whatever right. on New Year's Eve. But other than that, I don't think we've been anywhere since. I don't think I've ever. I'm trying to think if I've ever home. gone out and done something on New Year's Eve since I've lived in Texas, and I can't think of one thing. No. Man, we're boring as hell. We are boring what as happened? hell. What happened to us, well, man? You know, we, there's a party on every corner in this town. We're radio we guys. Are, we're, yeah, yeah right, radio guys think. in a place like San Antonio. And I'm going to sit home on my ass. <laughs> but I'll be fine with that. In my jammies. Yep. <laughs> and then watch the neighbors set off, you know, fireworks and stuff. Yeah, that'll be about it for me, too. <laughs> I'll give Swayla one of her pills. We call them Swayludes. Swayludes. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the fireworks to chill her out. Right. Oh, man, the yeah. dogs. Oh, and, yeah. And then, and then I'll take a Swaylude, and we'll be, we'll be groovy. You take one of your dog's pills? It's the same thing oh, as okay. Xanax, yeah. Uh, you just, Xanax. You, we just chill out together and right. watch TV. Listen to the paint on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, you know, I, I think a lot of New Year's partying, though, is kind of overblown. I mean, you know, and yeah. after you've done it a few times when yeah. you're young and then you're hungover for but, like four days. Are you like me? It kind of loses its charm. <laughs> you, you got to a point in life where it's like, well, it's so cliché. Uh, in a sense, yeah. yeah but I just don't really feel like taking a part of all of that. Well, back in the back in the day, I used to call it amateur night. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, hey, I do that on a Thursday. I know the first couple of years I was living on my own. Um, yeah, we would turn out at my apartment, and you know, the only the bad thing was I was working in the morning, of course, and um, having to you know, stay up all night and <laughs> show up for the shift at 6 a.m. wasn't always easy. But, you know, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm hungover, but I'm playing the hits. Hold on. Here we go. You know, but it was it was always fun. Well, you're, you're, that's that. Now, that brings up memories because I did work for a rock station once where, yeah, New Year's Eve, you you were partying with the clients. Right. You know, you, and then somebody, yeah, somebody, you'd have to go party with the clients, and they'd have bar or club or something. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I, when I worked in Colorado at, at a rock station, you know, we, a lot of our clients were bars. Yeah, and that's what you did on New Year's Eve is you went out and partied, and maybe that kind of burnt me out on the whole damn thing. <laughs> I that guess you be. know, maybe on the whole idea of it. I don't know. 
you know, plus, you know. The last knowing, thing I probably need to be doing is partying on New Year's Eve, you know. <laughs> plus, knowing you as well as I do, New Year's Eve to you is probably just another night. Right. You know, I, my body is, yeah. That's but the my, one night of the year you took off. I ain't, right, right. My body ain't quite the same body it used to be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking it'll be a fairly tame New Year's Eve uh, uh, around my house, which is fine. And nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing Two, wrong with that. If that's what you choose to do. Yeah. 210. And my wife's, my wife and kids aren't partiers. You know, my wife is not a drinker or partier at all. So we'll probably watch the Hallmark Channel <laughs> all the way up till midnight. Come on. <laughs> Let's switch over, to Ken's, switch over to Ken's 5 at midnight for a few minutes and go back to Hallmark, man. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I think all the local TV channels, are too, you know, they broadcast from the downtown activity. Right. right. They so, do, and that's yeah. kind of usually what we end up watching. I, I, Like I was telling James earlier, I, watching Andy Cooper and, and the others, I just, no, I can't deal no. with that. That's just no. asking too Come much on. of anyone. We grew up <laughs> watching Dick Clark. He was a solid pro every year. Dick Clark was different. There was all kinds but, of hell going on behind him in Dick Clark's area. Well, we're happy to be here in Times Square. But Dick, there's a naked dude standing behind you. Come on, man. But, you know, that was Dick Clark. And right. I, I've just never, when the little little guy took over for right. him. Ryan Seacrest. I'm just not as big a fan. Yeah. And uh, so, you know. Yeah. Last year, again, when I was in the hospital, I watched Guy Fieri all night. <laughs> that was your thing. I see. I don't even remember what we did last year on New Year's Eve. <laughs> see, <laughs> they don't remember at all. They all kind of run into each other. Right, right. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Where are we? Let's take a quick call. Let's talk to Stephen. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, man. What are you thinking? Well, I just want to. Let everybody know that, you know, I was with a police officer friend of mine the other day having a cup of coffee, and they were getting ready for the no-refusal blood alcohol test. Uh, Right. So I I just wanted to put a warning out there and let everybody know, you know, party and enjoy it, but do it responsible. Yeah. Don't get out there. Don't get out there on the roads driving. Uh, in 1993, both of my parents were killed by a drug driver. Oh, God. I hate to be the downer here, but don't be that guy. Right. Absolutely. Excellent point. I'm sorry for your loss, but, uh, uh, yeah, be, be responsible. And I appreciate the call. I mean, the, the best thing to, to always do is to, if you're going to do it, do some place where you're spending the night. Yeah, I was thinking. You know if, what I mean? If friends, uh, I asked one of them, I said, were y'all going if you're going to do the JW Marriott, you know, because they have a whole inclusive yeah. party. I go, I might be up for that so I don't drive anywhere. Right. A lot of places will hook up with a local place, a hotel or whatever, to to set folks up so they don't have to go anywhere. Because uh, that, that is, yes, very, very a wise choice. Trust me. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. So if you have any plans for the New Year's uh uh, let us know. Also, a couple of stories that are floating around, and we talked about these earlier. Uh, there's not a, a math class isn't gay enough, so we need more gay stuff in the math class. We'll talk about gay math coming up. Uh, Southwest is still, uh, you know, kind of a mess right now, so they're trying to clean up, uh, get the planes in the air again. 
And I mentioned this guy in the very first hour who's a former L.A. Times editor, now he's an op-ed guy, who is embarrassed to be driving his Tesla now. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Talking about uh, New Year's stuff and also the uh, uh, news of the day. Also got to talk about the Steven Tyler thing again because that's just weird and icky and <laughs> and all that and more. But first, here's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how you doing? Uh, doing all right. What are you thinking about? Um, thinking about uh, getting a good start on the new year. Uh, but uh, when you when y'all were talking about the uh, the alcohol, one thing that came to mind is that no one is at risk of uh, drunk driving until they take the first drink. And for those that are concerned about that sort of thing, I just want to uh, let everybody know that there are uh, options uh, for non-alcoholic uh, oh, yeah. beverages. Um, such as Athletic Brewing, their IPA has actually won awards over their alcoholic counterpart. And there's a whole slew of different uh, craft beers that actually taste pretty close to the real thing. We're actually, we just do the whole, what do you call it, cider, what's the sparkling cider stuff? Mm-hmm. Put away a few bottles of that and boy, uh, you know, your sweet tooth is hurting you. But you, you know, in other words, you don't have to get messed up because it's New Year's. Exactly. It's not. Yeah, I appreciate the call. It's it's not required. <laughs> you know, it's not a requirement of going into the new year. I mean, uh, uh, for me this year, it's it's about reset. It's about resetting my brain, resetting my spirit. Uh, this past year had, uh, both personally and, you know, and in the world had a lot of, had a lot of moving pieces, moving parts, man. Had a lot of weird crap go on this year. <coughs> and, uh, uh, so my focus for New Year's this time out is not so much on, uh, the celebratory part of it as it is, you know, the mindset that I want to go into this year with and making sure I got that down pat. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, again, we, we do have a lot of uh, crazy crap going on in the world. And, and Trey and I, this is another one of those things that we talk a lot about on Where and Rima, uh, that this idea that in this country we may be coming to a place and I don't know. I could be totally talking out of my butt here, but we could be coming to a place where you really are going to have to make a choice as to who you're going to be in this world and which team you're playing for. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I don't, I can't tell you that I know exactly what that looks like or how that plays out. But I've, I've, and I think a lot of people have this same feeling where you really, you're going to have to choose at some point really who you're going to be in this new world. And I think faith, again, plays a huge part in that. Um, And it's certainly a, a, a big deal in in my world, especially right now. I got one more operation coming up uh, in February, 
uh, as you guys know. It's nothing serious. It's it's uh, pretty standard stuff. It's a hernia operation, and she's also going to uh, fix up some of the scarring and, and and some of that other stuff from from the initial uh, operations. And so I've got one more uh, visit to the doctor to the hospital uh, coming up in a few weeks uh, in in early February. And as I told you before, you know, one of the things that you that that I came away with from that experience a year ago now uh, was the this idea of what's important and what's not important. And I, I did pretty good on that idea for the longest time. And then, uh, you know, the second half of this year, I kind of lost track of that idea and let stuff get to me and. And uh, and so now I'm I'm trying to recalibrate back into that way of thinking. Uh, that you know, first and foremost, just being alive is really really freaking important. <laughs> just just being on this side of the uh, this side of the dirt, as they say, is is a a great lesson to learn. And it's it's best if you if you don't have to learn that by having some kind of weird experience, but uh once you do realize that it does put a lot of stuff into perspective still doesn't mean it's not easy as hell in this world to get caught up in a lot of this other crap and get distracted from that idea but and certainly i have and and have experienced that distraction but what it really comes down to in your life is the things that really really matter it is your life that you are freaking existing and the people who love you and loving them back. And I'm not saying this as somebody who is a freaking expert in this field, because certainly I am not. But once you figure that stuff out, then a whole lot of this other stuff that that we fill our time with and our minds with and our stress with that's going on in the world that we can only as individuals do so much about you don't make yourself crazy. And going into 2023, yeah, I, I think if I had an overall idea as far as what my intentions are for this year, it would be keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> it's very hard to do in a very complicated world, and this world gets more and more complicated every day. But I'm, I'm really, that's my focus. Simplicity. Stick to the simple stuff. As much as possible, if that makes sense. Got food? Good. Got a house? Good. Got a job? Yep. Good. Got a cool family? Yep. Cat's doing all right? Yep. Cool. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and uh, uh, letting some of the other problems uh, that, that I can't really do anything about other than what I do for a living, which is voice my opinion, don't let it run your life. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I just saw, I just, I got a little distracted while I was talking there. I just saw Jewel on Fox News singing a song. When's the last time you laid your eyes on Jewel? It's been a while, right? No, I, she's hot. I, she <laughs> is. She always was, but she still is, man. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if she still lives in Texas because I think she's divorced from her rodeo husband. Yeah, didn't she marry some country guy or something? Yeah, they were like living in Stephenville. They were. Yeah, pretty sure. 
Uh, she's 48 years of age now. Ooh, she's in my radar. <laughs> you could date her, man. Well, she's already dated one Texas dude. Why not I guess make it so. two? And I always liked her. I always liked her style. I always liked her writing. I always liked the way she... Pre- I always liked her voice. That little snaggle tooth is cute. The snaggle tooth is sexy as hell. <laughs> the hook nose, it just works for her. <laughs> she was homeless at one time. She was homeless at one time. God, that's so sexy. I'm just saying that I just saw her because I didn't even recognize her. I'm like, wow, who's that hot blonde up on Fox? Sorry if my wife's listening. <laughs> and then I saw, it's like, it's Jewel. It's like, wow, girl, you're looking good for 48 years of age. I'll save your soul. You look all right, Jewel. You're looking all right. The only thing I never liked was her damn poetry book. I just, that, that offended me. But beyond that. <laughs> you're such a snob. Her, her poetry book offended me because I'm an art snob. But, you know, beyond that, yeah, I always thought she was cool. I interviewed her once. She nice? Yes, very. Cool. Uh, yeah, she's, I mean, the girl was homeless living out of a van. She's from Alaska. She knows how to do things. She's not somebody that just kind of, like a lot of people these days, grew up in the industry. And, and yeah. she really did make her way. On her own. She's pretty, too. And beyond that, she's, I'm not usually into white chicks, but let me tell you something. She's pretty. <laughs> I'm sure there's two things about her you like. There's a couple of things about her that I like. Yep, yep, I'm yep. so sorry. Oinky, oinky, oinky. I'm such a P-I-G pig. Uh, so anyway, just saw Jewel on TV and it completely... I was uh, trying to say something really freaking profound. Uh, about New Year's, and then got distracted looking at you know going uh, you know ogling uh, Jewel on TV, and I got totally not profound. Like anything profound that I was saying just went spinning down the toilet, man. For a moment, you were thirty years younger. That's <laughs> right. I remember. I played her new. Yeah, you're she, normal, Mijo. Don't worry. I remember when she came out, man. She's wonderful. She is. I always liked her voice. Songs, I thought, again, were very well written. Poetry sucks, but, you know, I think everybody's poetry sucks except mine. (laughs) Since since we're being honest. If I'm going to be honest with you, everybody's poetry sucks except mine. Robert Frost, amateur. Amateur. Walt Whitman. You know, I got one word for Whitman. Schmuck. There, there you go. Henry Wadsworth. Schmuck with a beard. Longfellow. <laughs> Sucky fellow. <laughs> His poetry sucked too. <laughs> I like Sylvia. I like Sylvia Plath, so we'll let her slide, but you know. The guy that used to write poems on the truck stop wall, he was pretty good. <laughs> Actually, I've read some pretty, pretty well written crap on the stalls inside some bathrooms across America. Yeah. I've seen some really uh, disgusting crap as well, though. Speaking of disgusting crap, coming up next hour, we'll talk about Steven Tyler. Doesn't he increasingly look like an old lady? Like just an old bag lady? Maybe a little bit. I'm sorry, I just got distracted by the folks on Fox News once again. What are they doing now? Wearing cocktail dresses. That's what they always do. Damn. Um, <laughs> Except that one poor Ainsley. guy in the middle, uh, okay. <laughs> having to, right, having to right. wear the twenty twenty three glasses. Right, yeah, live that down, pal. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break. 
210-599-5555. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Trey's off once again. It's Sean in for Trey. We'll all be back on Tuesday. Everything will be back to normal on Tuesday in the new year. And I promise before I leave today, I'm not going to say, see you next year. Har, 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 har. I can't stand it when people say that. That was my plan for 9 o'clock when you leave. No. Yeah, I'm going to do it. See you next year. Ha, 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 I'm not going to chase you down the hall like Glasgow used to do, though. Glasgow would not let me leave until I had heard that. He, he would run down the hallway as oh, you See were, you next year. See you next year. And then Just to wave, make sure. And then he'd wave. And he'd wave. Perfect. Right. <laughs> I don't see James chasing my ass down the hall anytime no. soon. He'll throw something at you. <laughs> he'll me. throw something at me. To slow you down a little. Right. How can we actually slow you down? That's the thing. But he'll do something to get you. <laughs> How can attention. you not slow me down? I, <laughs> I move so slowly as it is. The dinosaurs laugh at you. The dinosaurs laugh at you, okay? Laugh at me, okay? Right. Mud slugs, okay, laugh right. at me. They can uh, get a better, uh, you move a little quicker than me. You got lapped by a turtle the other day. <laughs> Um, Steven Tyler, who does look like an old lady at this point, uh, and I didn't know about this story until I heard about it. I heard about it on uh, Red Eye when I was driving in. Dan Mandis, who was in for uh, the guys this week. Um, Steven Tyler is facing a lawsuit from a woman named Julia Holcomb. And, and I'm not a Aerosmith guy. I'm not a big fan, so I didn't know that this story had been kind of lingering around this guy for a while. But, uh, or, or, And I guess he had actually written about this in his autobiography. He actually is in rehab right now. Uh, Steven Tyler uh, had a yeah. drug relapse. Right. They were supposed to do a residency in Vegas to, really? end, to end the year, and they had to cancel all the dates. Well, they said he was ill. Said he was ill. Well, they're reporting widely. It's a drug thing. Yeah. Hey, when you're 74, who cares? <laughs> I'm just, I'm kidding. Once you're past, once you're it was in your mid-70s, party on, man. I'm kidding. What were they no, called, Don? The Toxic Twins? The Toxic Twins, right. The Toxic Twins? Yeah. Who? Who's that? Uh, Steve Tyler and Joe Perry. Oh, oh, oh. I guess they used to party pretty hard, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smidge, just, just a little. So he's in drug rehab while this is going on, but he's facing a lawsuit from this Julia Holcomb, who who alleges that in the mid seventies she's she's suing him for or he's accusing him of sexual assault, sexual battery, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. She claims in this lawsuit. From the mid-70s when she had a relationship with him when she was 16. Um, Between 1973 and 1976, they were involved in a sexual relationship. She was 16 when it started. He was in his mid-20s. And it's just a weird story because apparently at the time... Steven Tyler convinced this young lady's parents to grant him guardianship over her so that she could travel with him across state lines when he toured. They shared two apartments together. She got pregnant in 1975. 
and she's suing him now. And, um, you know, like I said, I heard, I heard, this is the first I've heard of this story as I was driving in this morning. And the first thing that, you know, sticks out in my mind is her parents did what? <laughs> her parents did, mommy and daddy did what? Mom and dad saw no freaking problem with signing guardianship of their child over to a freaking rock star? They signed over their 16-year-old daughter. Damn, to man. To Steven Tyler. To Steven Tyler. It's not like it was Gandhi or something. I mean, it's Steven Tyler. What the hell did they think was going on, man? Now... Again, you know, this is a 40-year-old story at this point, or some, I don't know, 76, 73, 48, almost 50 years ago. Jeez, almost 50 years ago. Yeesh. And uh, I'm in no way, shape, or form, you know, condoning a dude in his 20s having sex with a 16-year-old. But why... Why is she just doing this now? I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's a long, this is, we're talking seven, 1973 is when this, when this began. They, she was with him for three years. I'm, I'm assuming she could have left at any time. I, 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 doubt, I doubt he kept her in a cage in the living room. Uh, so it's just kind of a weird story, man. I mean, I, again, not condoning. If this is true, what what he did, but it it feels like kind of a money thing at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been a long time, man. He's not going to prison for anything. He's not going to go to jail for anything. So then you're looking for money. You're she's looking for money. She if she was sixteen and seventy three, that would put her at what now? My math sucks. It's, uh, she, yeah, I think this is a money thing. In my opinion, it, maybe I'm being a misogynist pig, but it, you know, I mean, I, I just I find it odd that if she suffered so much, you're you're just now coming out and doing something about it. Well, just legally, there's nothing there. Yeah, right. Can't do anything. He was her legal guardian. <laughs> it was she. I by... mean, that just sounds weird, doesn't it? Doesn't that just sound messed up? Stephen Tyler was your legal guardian at the age of 16. That just doesn't sound right at all to begin with. I want this case to be seen by Judge Judy. Let's see what Judge Judy would say about this. She'd get the parents and yell at them. What's wrong with you? What drugs were you taking at the time? I just can't. I mean, that's the part of it that's really, really weird. I saw Ben Shapiro commenting on this, and that's what he said. The, the, I mean, the whole thing is icky. But the part about the guardianship is just like, what? Your child? You sign guardianship of your child over to a guy like Steven Tyler? Said she met him after a concert in Oregon. Well... She Mormon? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. Uh, she followed him to Seattle, and that's when their sexual relationship began. 
He obtained guardianship in 1974. He uh, apparently even wrote about this, and, and Don Morgan had mentioned this earlier in the show, uh, that uh, that he had actually, I guess, written about this in some regard in his autobiography. He even mentioned her by name, I think, at some point. I know this may really shock you, but I haven't read Steven Tyler's autobiography. I, I, I know that's odd. It came out in 2011. It's called Does the Noise in My Head Bother You? Autobiographies are the worst books in the world. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I've read so few autobiographies that were worth a crap. And the biggest problem with most autobiographies is, well, the author. <laughs> it's better when somebody else writes about you. That that's all. You know, if you if you're big enough to have a biography, don't write it yourself. Let somebody else write it. I think you'd like that one though. He doesn't he doesn't really hide from anything. He doesn't. He doesn't. Apparently not. Stuff. He just puts it all out there. Well, apparently, it's if you mention this young, stuff, yeah, warts and all. They, I don't, did you had to say warts? Yes. Um, <laughs> Could happen to you. It was, a lot, it was the seventies. There's a lot of that going around, yeah, right? I'm just, I, I don't know. This the whole the, the thing that I keep coming. I, I don't think she's going to get any money. I don't think she's going to be successful. I just think it's been too long. Uh, but the the part that I that yeah that I keep coming back to on this particular story is his her parents did what? That part of it's just yeesh. Yeah, times was different back then, wasn't they? <laughs> times was a little different back then. Oh, so remember, well, I mean, but fame, you know, messes with people's heads. Remember all the kids that were allowed to live with Michael Jackson and travel with him? I mean, holy crap, he, he had them in his bed, and mom and dad were fine with that. You know, so I, I think fame for some people, really, th- to be that close to fame... Something happens to their logic centers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> something, something happens to the reasonable part of the per, of a person's brain sometimes uh, when it when it comes to celebrity and fame. Because I I can't imagine why anybody would sign over guardianship of their own child to a freaking rock star. That that's just crazy, man. Yeesh. Anyway, uh, if you have any thoughts on that story, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five. What's that? We got one. Oh, we got one? Oh, I do, do I? Uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, how you doing? Hey, good morning. I just, man, we're, we're right at the end of the year. You guys are working way, way too hard today. Let me help you with this. The, <laughs> oh, boy. We're working too hard today? Is that what you said? Yeah, way too hard. You need to relax and, you know, just let it play out here. But here's the deal. Here's the answer. Too much dialogue on the show? Huh? <laughs> no. Here we go. Ready? What? All right. All we got to do is put Stephen's name on the Epstein list, and it all goes away. <laughs> Can never find it. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Y'all have a great holiday weekend. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. You too. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, you get Stephen Tyler on that list, and this this whole thing goes away, man. Jimmy made a good point. I think that whole thing is a lot bigger than we realize. And we'll never see it. We'll never and know. And we'll never know, man. The people involved are just too rich and too powerful. 
San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 uh, KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's wearing rhyme. It's race off. He'll be back on Tuesday. We'll both be back on Tuesday. Uh, back to our normal schedule. And uh, also check out the podcast. The podcasts are doing very, very well. And uh, uh, a lot of folks aren't able to listen in the morning, so they check out the show uh, online with the podcast. So just go to the website, ktsa.com, ktsa.com. And uh, we're, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. There's not a lot of great news. Southwest is still messed up. Joe Biden signed the $1.7 trillion, this omnibus bill, which is going to, our great-grandkids are going to be paying off. Sign that into reality in St. Croix. The biggest self-payoff for politicians, I think, in this country's history. You know, and uh, uh, we we have uh, still folks lining up along the border. Um, uh, you know, a lot of weird crap going on. But th- there's something that we really need to take care of, and that's the fact that math class just isn't gay enough. You know, we need to start really focusing, refocusing math curriculums on gender ideology to be inclusive of trans and non-binary people. I'm serious. There is an organization called the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And uh, right now they're focusing on making math curriculum, math class, a little more (laughs) trans-friendly. They they put out a website, and there's an article on the website that says, How do we make math class more inclusive of trans and non-binary identities? I wasn't aware that trans people, Trannies and gay people felt uncomfortable in math class. I felt uncomfortable in math class because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Math was my worst subject by far. I just didn't get it, man. And it didn't. And I was straight, pretty straight back then, pretty straight now. Not really sure how you gay up math, but that's what they want to do. Uh, they say that, uh, let's see here. Where did I see this line? And this is an article from Breitbart that just cracks me up. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, thinking that, uh, oh, here it is. The organization's website claims the ability to consider sexuality irrelevant in the mathematics context is a heteronormatively privileged position. <laughs> what? All right, that's it. That's it. Come on, man. You're either dumb or you're smart, and your sexuality has nothing to it, do it has, with that. How does gender figure into math at all? Into the teaching of math? These idiots. I mean, it's insanity, man. 
two plus two equals more than one than a, than a truffle. I, I don't know. I, I don't, you know. Six plus six equals a good time. I, I don't I don't know how you, I mean, I, I really don't know how you gay up. Math is pretty static. You know what I mean by that? Math is, you know, you got two things, you add two more things to it, it's four things. <laughs> there's, there, I, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, I don't know how you gender reference that. Here's some of the examples. They give examples, oh, though. God. <laughs> I'm serious on how to gay up and tranny up math class. Because that's what's keeping us all awake at night, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Another activity could be to model the spread of the use of the singular they, them, and their pronouns. Now, try to wrap your mind around this, see if this makes any freaking sense to you. By starting with a community of any given size, perhaps 25,000 people, and giving the probability that any encounter will lead to a percent of the population adopting the they, them, their pronouns as part of regular use, the students can determine how long it will take for the entire population to adopt the use. I can't help these people. I, I have no idea what any of that means. But it doesn't seem to be very mathematical. Well, they are stupid and them are stupid. <laughs> well, it's just, it's... Good Lord. Not, I mean, my God, this is the kind of stuff I think that, that really, a lot, and I said this earlier in the show, a lot of people who normally are very open and supportive, you know, I said earlier, you know, I've got a lot of libertarian in me, how you want to live your life, hey, fine. Here's my issue, I think this is the same issue with a lot of people, leave the kids out of it, first and foremost. Stop with the drag queens at the library, for God's sake. And then this idea that these these kinds of issues, these issues of sexuality and gender identity, need to be everywhere and a part of every single aspect of life. I mean, it's math class. You you it it has nothing to do with your crotch. Okay, I'm just I'm just being honest with you. As honest as I can be. Okay, just be teaching the math. We've already got enough of this crap in every other. Now it's an incident. You know, we had a story a few weeks ago about an English teacher who says she's not going to teach English anymore. She's going to keep her job as an English teacher. But in the class, she's not going to teach English, proper English, because it's racist. Proper English is racist. And now, apparently, math itself is homophobic. And here's the dealio with a lot of this stuff, and I'm sure you've already figured this this out. Okay, none of this stuff supports or uplifts a single human being. This doesn't make a single human being's life better on planet Earth in any measurable way, shape, or form. The reason liberals obsess on this kind of crap, it, it's virtue signaling. Look how smart I am. I know math is gay, or math isn't gay enough. I'm that stinking smart that I know how uh, homophobic math is. Look at what a bold and and what a bold warrior and ally I am. I'm not going to teach proper English because I know it's racist. 
That's really what it's all about. It's all about it's it's a big ego stroke. This whole woke thing, really, to a certain extent, is less about reality, and it's more a, a, a big. Uh, it's it's a selfie. It's it's an ego trip. I know what people should call each other. I know that calling Latinos and Latinas, uh, Latinos and Latinas is is too gender specific and it's harmful to people who are non-binary. So I know that people should be called Latinx. See how freaking smart I am? Even though it's the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my life. The idea that you need to inject gender issues into math class is the dumbest crap I've ever heard. And yet the people that put together this website, I'm sure they think they're brilliant. (laughs) You take your non-binary English, your non-binary math, your transgendered business models, and see how far you get in this world. There you go. Right, precisely. See how that works for you in the real world. (laughs) 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Mark B. Van Cam and Robbins coming up at 11. Uh, well, no, what am I saying? I, I'm, I'm off time. Uh, at 9, it's me, only I won't be here. You don't the, know what time guy, it is, but you know the show's almost over. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. The guy who's sitting in for Dana Lash will be doing my show at 9, only he's doing Dana's show. But he's doing hit my show. <laughs> so he's substituting twice. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Right. Don't I'm tell out, him I'm that. out of here at 9, all right? And I'm going back to bed, to be honest with you. Don't tell him he's <laughs> substituting twice. He'll want more money. Shh. Yeah. Just keep that to ourselves. Keep it on the low. Keep it on the low, man. I'll tell you what's kind of cool to say. You know, I, I said a little while ago that I, I really think what this country needs is a spiritual renaissance. And I think a lot of people are hungry for that. I, I think, yeah, the numbers are down on church attendance, younger people aren't really into the God thing. But you have uh, uh, Kirk Cameron, who, you know, I, I watch a fair amount of TBN and, and Daystar, and you see him a lot uh, uh, around uh, those. I think TBN is what is where his show is. And he's a really interesting guy, uh, obviously a very st- strong man of faith. I was never a big fan of his movies, to be honest with you. But he's he's uh, he's written a kids' book, uh, a kids' book that is called, I believe, "As You Grow," and it's uh, a book about faith and family and how important faith and family are to your life, to your to your to your sanity. Really, <laughs> it's a kids' book. And if you remember, uh, he wanted to do a tour of school libraries and just libraries in general uh, so he could read the book to kids. And as we now know, he was turned down by about 50 libraries that said, oh, he's, he's, he's a hateful person. We don't want his hate and his homophobia at our library. 
many of these libraries are the same libraries that, you know, bring drag shows, will bring drag shows for kids in. So it's okay to watch a tranny twerk, right? That's somehow good for your kid. But Kirk Cameron showing up and reading a book about faith and family, no, that's that's hate speech. Well, finally, he, uh, a library in Indianapolis accepted his invitation to come out and read his book. As I said, it's a kid's book called As You Grow. 2,500 people showed up. <laughs> 2,500 people showed up, kids and adults. The uh, the library uh, put out a message itself saying, this is a message to every library in the United States. In 137 years of the Indianapolis Public Library's history, never once have they had over 2,500 people show up to a single event until today. Uh, people who were at the event. We were in the lines. Everybody around me was there because they wanted to sh- wanted to show their support for these values. People of all kinds of backgrounds, kind and patient with each other. It was so encouraging to see lines everywhere. We all knew we wouldn't make it in, but stayed, not because he's an actor, but because of what he's promoting. It was awesome. Uh, again, uh, you know, Matt Walsh, uh, tweeted, if only he was dressed in women's underwear and reading a book about sexuality for five-year-olds, then he'd have libraries lining up to host him. You know what? The sad story is he would. (laughs) If Kirk, think about that, this is where life in America right now gets really strange, right? It's all pretty much... Everything's upside down, right? Does it feel that way to you? What's good, what used to be good is now bad, and what used to be bad is now good? If Kirk Cameron decided to transition and start living as a woman and had a traveling drag show and was uh, you know, asking to be, in, to, to be allowed to perform in libraries across this country... He couldn't. He wouldn't have the time to play all those gigs. Think about that for a second. They'd be fine with that. But he was turned down by fifty libraries who say that his book is about hate speech and it's exclusive. And the one library that accepts his invitation has a historic attendance for the event. That tells me. That a people are getting sick of all this woke crap, and there is a hunger out there for, shall we say, more traditional faith-based ideas. Here's um, Steve. Steve, how you doing? Sean. Hey. I, I, you know, I, it's just what is so ironic about all this is that. The Democrats were very, very successful in taking God and the Bible 
out of education and out of our lives. Yep. And now the Democrats are telling us that we have to we have to love and not judge anybody gay, trans, A, B, C, D, E, F, G community, but the Bible and God teaches us to love everybody and not to judge anybody. They take that out, and now you, you see what I'm saying. It's like a yeah, I mean, it thing. is a it is a part of the teachings of Christ. You know, you judge yourself. You know, you you got a redwood hanging out of your eyeball there. You don't don't worry about other people. Worry about yourself, and you get right. And don't worry about judging other people. And yet, the people you're right. The people who are out there who can't shut up about how judgmental Christians are, and you got to be non-judgmental themselves are some of the most judgmental human beings you will ever encounter, and the least tolerant. Yes, and it's just. It, they were. It just. It, it strike. It drips of irony that they were very successful in getting God and the Bible right. and Christianity and love for one another. I can't. I can only imagine how far we would be right now, as far as everybody get along with everybody, no matter your skin color, no matter your alphabet soup. Everybody would be getting along with everybody so much better now had we left. God and the Bible in our lives and in our education. How much more we would have learned through all that and how much more we would we would all be loving on each other and not judging each other and trying our best to get along with each other. The Democrats right. came along and ruined all that. Well, but that's it. I, 50, 60, years. I agree with you, man. I appreciate the call, brother. Have a great weekend. It, well, I mean, it, it, the thing about Democrats in America right now or progressives, or or whatever you know, the the terminology that they're most comfortable using, I guess, is that um, they tend to be guilty of the crap that they accuse other people of being guilty of. Have you noticed that? They rage against racism, but they think black people are too stupid and inept to vote to come up with a photo ID to vote. You know, they talk about how people who transition and who uh, choose to live that life, about how brave and courageous they are, and yet they can't handle a pronoun. (laughs) They're, They're so weak of spirit, they can't handle somebody using the wrong pronoun on them. Um, the male to female transition movement is in a sense, one of the most misogynist movements in, in modern American history. Men now can just be women if they want to be. And according to the, the, the men who want to be women, they get to actually be women. So despite all of the issues uh, in a modern world of being a woman, uh, producing children, uh, health issues, cultural issues, isn't it great? Men just sort of get to take all that on because they want it. Isn't that sort of the definition of misogyny? 
Okay, I I don't give a crap about your struggles as a physical woman. I don't give a crap about all the things women have had to endure uh, over the centuries. I mean, it was a little over, what, 100 years ago that we didn't let them vote? (laughs) Nobody cares. You know, it doesn't matter because I'm a woman. I get to be one just because I say I am. In a sense, it's the very definition of misogyny. I guess it still is a man's world. Point being that uh, very often I've noticed, and I know a lot of you have as well, uh, that uh, the the people on the left who, uh, and look at the Joe Biden thing. I mean, pretty much he's guilty nine times over of everything they claim Donald Trump was guilty of and was not. We have Joe Biden on video admitting to being guilty of stuff we couldn't, we accused Donald Trump of doing and couldn't find one molecule of evidence. But that's your modern progressive. How's that make you feel? (laughs) News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. And then we have the chick at the Waffle House. <laughs> it's made quite a name for herself in uh, a little over a day. Uh, my wife actually showed me this video last night, or yesterday, actually. In that, Well, first off, if you're going to have a fight, have it at Waffle House. You know what I mean? Uh, there you go. That's a great place for a fight. And this was a Waffle House in Austin, of all places. Tolerant loving Austin and you can find the video online and there's some fight it's it's, you know begun by there's it's there's a there's a woman at the heart of it (laughs) James I guess somebody has already done an anime drawing of the of the chick from Waffle House that's hilarious dude and uh, the the video is about two minutes long, and there's a whole bunch of people, but primarily it's this one woman screaming at this employee, this female employee. And a couple times they grapple and get their punches in. All the dudes, of course, are standing back and recording it with their phones. No one's really intervening. But the gold of the video is, at one point, this chick uh, who has started all this tosses a chair across the restaurant, across the counter, at this female employee who grabs it out of the air and flings it right back at her. It's called the chair slapdown, and it's huge on Twitter. This chick is like everybody's hero now because she swatted a chair out of the air. Uh, and uh, and it's pretty badass. But, you know, but and I, and I did watch it. Even Linda Carter. Remember Linda Carter from uh, Wonder Woman? Even she post, posted about it. I trained at Waffle House to play Wonder Woman. But you know what's really just kind of weird about these these kinds of videos, and, and this is again, you know, uh, something revealing about who we are as a culture. 
is that we when when stuff goes awry, when stuff like this happens, we do we stand back, we don't intervene. Right? We don't try to stop the situation from happening. We we record it with our phones. <laughs> you know, I mean, you see that so often. I think we, we see that so often we've become inured to it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even affect us anymore. Uh, it, it, we've seen these videos before uh, over the past couple of years where someone's getting the crap beat out of them. You know, these random attacks that we're seeing more and more of. And you'll see these videos of people getting the crap beat out of them. And nobody's doing a damn thing. Everybody's just recording it on their phones. And and that, you see that in this Waffle House video, in that it's total freaking chaos, man. Okay, these are people who are just trying to work, you know, get through their shift at a freaking Waffle House. And they're getting physically assaulted by people who I guess were ticked off about their waffle or something. I don't know. And uh, and a fight breaks out, and the majority of the people involved are just standing there with their phones. <laughs> it is a nasty, though, slap down. She does slap that chair right out of the air, man. It was awesome. Uh, civil rights attorney Scott Hetchinger. I was curious why Waffle House was trending. <laughs> I figured it was a fight. But after going down the rabbit hole watching various clips, I've come to the conclusion that this was no fight. This was the global coronation of a new superhero, Waffle House Girl. <laughs> Waffle Woman. <laughs> That cartoon drawing was pretty cool, isn't it? And somebody did an anime drawing of this chick. (laughs) And people are tweeting this. Here's another tweet. How I'm blocking negativity in 2023. (laughs) And it's just a loop of this chick just knocking this chair out of the air, man. She's internet famous. She is. But at least it's for something cool. You know what I mean? Well, we know they only have one Waffle House in Austin. Is that, I didn't know that. There's only one in Austin? I, I think so, and it's right at 35 and like 290 or something. Oh, wow. She's going to get asked out to prom. <laughs> She's a pretty young lady. Yeah, and she can handle herself. And she can handle that. That chick flings the chair at her, and she just plucks it out of the air, man, and throws it down. And everybody just kind of goes, what just happened, man? How I'm blocking negativity in 2023. You and me both, sister. I'm just going to swat it out of the air, man. You send some freaking negativity my way, man. I'm just going to swat that crap right out of the air, man. Just like that chick from Waffle House. But, man, to what you're saying, I'm not jumping into a fight at Waffle House. No telling what someone's carrying. I'm, I'm not. Jump, right. I'm not jumping into it. These days. And, and being older, I mean, I'm not old, but I'm not doing it. No way. Well, I understand that. And these days, you never know when somebody's going to pull out a piece or something, and especially in Austin. I wouldn't jump in either, but I certainly wouldn't stand there taking video of it. But just sitting there and laughing and recording it, I think, is what's so weird. That's fair. Because you see that all the time, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, it turned out kind of funny, 
But it's not. It's really not funny when you see like some of these other videos where somebody is getting crap beat out of them. Oh yeah, the New York. And nobody's doing anything. Chicago, yeah. L.A. Yeah, all the usual suspects, right? All the usual towns. But that's who we are now because everybody wants a viral. They want their video to be viral. But uh, I wonder what she's. I wonder, but still, you have to wonder what she's thinking today. You know, you know what I mean. Like, what's this? What the? This chick is now famous. I mean, that's the thing about this kind of event. Does she still have a job? You become famous within hours. I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, anything I've about that. I've not seen any any word as to whether or not they, you know, I would her hope, loose. I would hope not. Oh, she'll find a job anywhere in Austin. Oh, she'll get on. hired in a heartbeat someplace yeah. else. But she I wouldn't a, think they would fire her. She was protecting herself. She could be a bouncer somewhere. <laughs> she apparently puts a serious. Mm. In our culture, we call it mocos when someone gets hit so hard. Mm-hmm. It's not. She put the mocos on that chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she man. did because she not only grabbed it out of the air, she like threw it on the ground. <laughs> like, take that. Now do that to you, huh? Is well, that a, not Spanish. Is that, is that a tone? Is that yeah. a tone? <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> now you're yelling at me? Watch and now try. you're talking ugly. I'll throw this chair right back at you. Watch try again, sweetheart. It was very ninja-like. It really was a ninja move. <laughs> There's a, an infamous scene in one of the Lord of the Rings movies where King Aragorn uh, is in a fight with a guy, and the actor accidentally threw a knife directly at Viggo Mortensen. And he just reacted, and he just swats it out of the air. Right. And it's now famous because it's real. The actor didn't mean to throw it at him, but he just reacted and swatted it out of the air. That's what this Waffle House video, she's King Aragorn. She just like went Viggo Mortensen on the, on the chair there. Aragorn with a spatula. She's Aragorn with a spatula. <laughs> she did, man. She just swatted that chair. Right, just, well, she grabbed it. Anyway, check out the video. Uh, that's going to, I think, wrap it for us. Uh, I'm coming up next, but I won't be here. <laughs> oh, well, if the that's guy, the case, see you next year. The guy subbing for Dana Lash is going to be here. Subbing for Lash, subbing for me. Yeah, I'll see you next. Oh, see, you said it. See, <laughs> you almost got me to say it, too. You guys have a great new year, my brothers. I love you. Love you, too, man. And uh, for the rest of you, spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. See you next year. Har, 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 har.